looking at the bright side. I'm sure you have heard this phrase before. When things don't go well, people might tell you to look at the bright side. And there are really two ways to look at the bright side. There are two ways to it. One way is stop bluffing ourselves. We try to tell ourselves, oh, okay, actually there is something good about this and all that. But actually, on the other side, we are still having a difficulty. We have trouble accepting things. Another way is not about bluffing ourselves. The other way is help us to see that there is a bright side. It sounds almost the same, but not exactly. One is about pretending the thing that, oh, okay, actually this is good, this is good. The other one is recognizing that actually there is something that you didn't like happen. But at the same time, there is a bright side to it. And there is another way where you can look at the bright side, that is to go beyond that. It's to go beyond what has happened and look at other things. And this is really helpful. Because when things don't go well according to how we want them to be, we don't like the situation and we focus a lot on it. We give it a lot of attention. Like for example, say, you lose your job. Let's say. And of course, people would think that this situation is not a good one. Right? Anyone would like to lose a job? Is there a bright side to it? If we still have difficulty accepting that we have lost the job, it's very difficult to look at the bright side. So before we try to look at the bright side, first tell yourself, okay, this is how it is at the moment. Just acknowledge that first. This is how it is. Then you look at the bright side. There are two ways to look at the bright side here, and these two are useful ways. One is where you look at, okay, now that this job is over, take it as a challenge. Maybe there's a better job that I might like better. But there's another one which is beyond looking at this situation. You can simply ask yourself this question, especially when you're really depressed over something. Simply ask yourself this question, what's good now? I found this method actually from meditation teacher or also a psychotherapist in America teaching mindfulness. And I found this very useful when it comes to people who have depression. Although when he mentioned about this thing, he was speaking of people who have anxiety issues, anxiety disorder. I find this to be very useful because it picks the mind up from focusing on something that's negative to look at what is positive, that is happening. It's not about bluffing yourself. And you don't have to try to squeeze yourself out of trying to think, oh, actually there's a good side to this. It's very simple. Shall we try it now? Yeah? So, if you have whatever issues there is that you feel depressed about, you're anxious, and we'll try right here as you are now, ask yourself what's good now. What's good that's happening now for you? You don't have to look at something that's very special, extraordinary. Give me something very, very simple. 
handling right now for you. Can you think of one? What's good now? You get to sit on the floor? You can sit on the floor. Still can sit. Yeah, okay, some people can't sit on the floor. They have to sit on the chair. There's something good. What else? Think about yourself and don't be afraid to think about this. There are lots of things that we take for granted. Like, for example, can you breathe? Are you breathing well? Maybe not very well, but still you're breathing. Yeah. Once when I asked a 20-something-year-old girl who's been suffering from depression, when I asked her about this, the first answer she gave me was, after thinking for a few seconds, I'm alive. And this was significant to her because just a week ago, she had seriously contemplated suicide, which is very common for people with depression. They feel that there's no meaning anymore in life and death is better than living. So it seems a logical decision for a person in that situation. But she managed to pull herself out from that. And so her first answer was, I'm alive. And I could see her beginning to smile a little bit. <laughs> and then the second answer she gave, I encouraged her to think of another one, so what else? She thought for a while and said, I get to talk to you. So she was smiling even more. <laughs> and I encourage you to think of more. Number three, number four, number five. And I could tell that she was feeling very good already. And I could tell that she's holding on to this feeling, which is very normal for people who have been depressed for a long time, having not felt joy for a long time. When they experience some kind of joy again, wow. You grab on it. So I also encourage her. Okay, you don't have to grab on this thing. You just need to do the right thing. To encourage yourself to look at things that are actually going fine for you. When we don't like what is happening for us, we give it a lot of attention. So much attention. It's like we're looking really, really closely. And when you look at something really closely, it looks really big. Right? But if you allow ourselves to look at other things, and so we're expanding our scope of our attention, the field of our attention, we're looking at things that are not negative, then this one not only doesn't look so bad, it also looks smaller. So because of that, the negative feelings, the unpleasant feelings naturally just become less. And then we get encouraged by the situation. And I feel good. Anyone feeling a bit unhappy these days? Yes, sir? Anybody? One? <laughs> really? You have to really be willing to do this practice of looking at the bright side. Not just the bright side of a situation, but the bright side of the whole life. Can you eat? You might take that for granted. I know some of you haven't eaten, perhaps, but you can eat, right? Some people can't eat. They have to be fed through the tube. We take these things for granted. You have a place to live in? Not everybody has a place to live in. Money to spend? If you really think about it, 
we have a lot. I think every one of us here has more than enough. If you think about it, you have more than enough, don't you? You have a place to live in, you have food to eat, clothes to wear. Just like these basic ones, you have a lot more. You have a phone, and that's not a basic need. You can have fun. You can do a lot more things, right? So really think about it. When you think about all these things that are going fine for you, then all those negative ones wouldn't seem so big. They look quite small. So there's no reason for us to just focus on things that we don't like happening in our lives. There's no really no reason for that. Not that we ignore them. No. When we think about all those positive things that are happening, all those good things that are happening, then the mind naturally becomes more balanced. Then when it's more balanced, it's happier too. Then when it's happier, then it's easier for the mind to look at things that you're not happy about. And just see it for what it is. When the mind is really out of balance, wisdom cannot work. You cannot see things with clarity. It's very, very negative. And so people who focus and focus and focus on negativity, they just go deeper and deeper into it. They just sink into it. Unless someone would somehow prompt them to remind themselves of good things happening in their life, it's very difficult because the tendency for the mind is Whatever they don't like, we focus a lot. What we like also, we focus a lot. But for a person who is already sinking in into a very depressed state, nothing looks good. Whatever, whenever they look at things because of that negative state that they're in, anything that they look at looks ugly, looks bad. Even good things seems to them like not really that great. It is very much opposite of times when you think you have found something wonderful for you, like say when you fall in love, right? When you fall in love, everything is beautiful, right? There's this song that says, uh, what's that song? I don't know. Love is in the air. Yeah? It's everywhere. <laughs> so since love is in the air, you're breathing it. It's all over the place. But actually, it's not all over the place, it's all over the mind. So, we look at everything through the lens of this happy mind. And therefore, everything looks beautiful and great. And as this is opposed to the times when the mind is really depressed, it looks through this lens. That everything is bad, that everything is no good. But we can recognize that we are only having this kind of reactions because we are looking through a lens. The lens that colors everything. When we are looking things through a lens, view is distorted. When we are talking about looking at the bright side, we are not talking about distorting views. We really, really want to know the truth. And allow the truth of something good that's happening to inform you that life for you, isn't that bad. It's not that bad after all. 
when I did this exercise in Penang, giving a talk, there was another young girl who I think maybe in um, top borderline depression. And after guiding her on thinking about what is good for her, it's really, really simple. You know, can you stand? Can you hold the mic? Yeah, holding the mic well. And just this few very simple things. And she said, I'm feeling very good now. <laughs> really, it's amazing. It's very simple truth. It doesn't have to be great things like, no, it just doesn't mean like, I want the lottery, uh, things like that. It's very, very simple things, which a depressed mind just doesn't appreciate. So as she appreciated those, she said, I feel very good now, but I'm afraid. And I know what she was going to say, to lose it. Yeah. <laughs> so this is also a reason why people are afraid. This is the reason why people get stuck in depression. They are afraid to feel joy. Sounds funny, sounds strange, but maybe not so strange. They are afraid to feel joy. And therefore, because they are afraid to feel joy, they don't even want to look at the bright side. They are afraid that if they feel joy, and then there is this impression that something bad might happen, and I'm going to be depressed again. And I'll be falling, boom, like this. So rather than going up and fall like this, I'll just stay down there. Somehow that feels safer. It's very strange thinking, but from their perspective, it seems just right. That's very logical. I'd rather just stay like this, in my depressed mode. Don't get too happy. Just stay like that. Then you don't suffer the unhappiness of falling. But as they do that, they already stay unhappy. There's one lady, one American researcher called Brene Brown, and she calls this foreboding joy. They're afraid of being happy. Because you're afraid of being happy, so you actually prevent yourself from being happy. Prevent yourself from looking at the bright side. The mind just simply avoids it. When you see something great happening, a thought comes up. Don't be happy. Don't get too happy. Because if you get too happy, then something bad might happen, and then you will suffer. So stay unhappy. <laughs> Sounds strange to you? But maybe for some of you, might experience that before. There's really no harm looking at the bright side. There's no harm at all. The only thing we have to be careful about, to take note of, we are not trying to bluff ourselves. We are not trying to say, oh, actually life is, everything is good, there's nothing bad about it. Now that's bluffing. That's not a healthy way of doing it. Sometimes we do this with people that we are with, as in, we are afraid to look at the good side of people. We are not afraid to look at the bad side of it. Because we have already decided this person is like this. This person is no good. He treats me badly. And the mind decides that this is how it is. And if the person shows any good sign, we ignore it. Because we have decided this is how this person is. So he doesn't look at the bright side. doesn't look at the good side. When the mind has decided has to hold on to a particular view of something, a person or anything, instead of being open to other possibilities, the positive side, the mind looks for examples, looks for proof, looks for evidence to prove that we are right about this situation or this person. 
It's like that one. It's really good at that, you know, the mind. <laughs> it's, this person like that one. Or even yourself, I'm like that one. Or my boss like that one. And if they show a positive sign, we either ignore it or we might even like it because it just proved that we are wrong. <laughs> so we don't want to be wrong. We'd rather be right and stay with our views. Funny, isn't it? But that's what we do too. And then there's the opposite, where someone is treating us unwell, ill-treating us, and we are forcing ourselves to look at the bright side. No, actually, he's very kind. I believe you won't be doing so much of this with people that you don't know very well, but you would with people that you know very well, well, close to you. Spouse, father, mother, especially these very, very close people. You might be ill-treated, and you tell yourself, oh no, actually he's very nice to me. Now that is not looking at the bright side, that is bluffing yourself. Like there's some women who are beaten by their husband. They try to pretend, they try to tell themselves, no, actually my husband is very good. Of course their husband might have some good sides to it. But here they're talking about ignoring something unhappy that is happening, completely putting it aside. This is not helpful to you, neither is it helpful to the person that you are being ill-treated by. But when the mind is so afraid of change, so afraid of making change, it's just hard to stay in it, stay in that, that situation. And so there's no opportunity for looking at the right side. Real opportunity is just bluffing. So this is the wrong way. Let's say in this place, okay? You're feeling warm? Feeling warm? I'm feeling warm. <laughs> Maybe you feel warmer since you're closer to other bodies a bit further away. But if the mind goes, this place is warm, this place is warm, this place is warm. Would you be happier? Would it bring you stress or peace? I would rather that you recognize this first before you look at the bright side. Recognize that the mind, when it holds on to an idea, creates stress. I rather you look at it first and recognize that because the mind is holding on to this idea, is bringing a lot of stress. And if you are not thinking about this place is warm while still being here, would it be better? I'm not asking you not to think like that. Would it be better without having that thought? Besides, you're choosing to stay here, right? Anytime at all, if you want to leave, you can always leave or you can move, go outside. But you're choosing to stay here, right? So while you're here, there are two ways to stay here. One is with the thought that it's warm and the others without it. But either way, you are here. Now, let's look at the bright side. Of course, we don't want to bluff ourselves, this place is cool. <laughs> the idea that this place is warm is very saying it's uncomfortable, it's, it's no good for me, right? But what could be good for you? What could be good for you being in a warm place? Nothing good? 
Still got fan. Okay. All right. You're looking at the bright side. Still got wind. Okay. He's learning. <laughs> but even if you're sweating, I don't know about you. I'm sweating behind. Is sweating good? Yeah. So not too difficult, right? <laughs> not too difficult. In Burma, when it's really, really hot, which I've not been there during the hot season, it goes up to 42 degrees. Even in Yangon, you're not talking about some other places. The other places, they're much hotter, it goes higher. And people survive. Life goes on. And what's good for them with that? If they come to Malaysia, Singapore, and the weather is hot, they have no problem. <laughs> And while we are complaining about it, this is not too hard. <laughs> the body can adjust better than we can. So there's always, if you want to, there's always some bright side to look at. But when the mind is negative, it just can't. It just can't. It just goes on and on and on like that. So, in the suttas, actually, it is mentioned, if you want to practice meditation, but the mind is really, really negative. It causes the mind to be very restless. It keeps on going outside or the body heats up. Oh, no, it body heats up. <laughs> and, uh, but here he's talking about because of some kind of mental activity that is causing a heating up within agitation within. In this situation, the Buddha didn't say, watch your breathing. He didn't say, watch your feelings or what's your mental state, or whatever thoughts that you have in the mind. It's very interesting in this case, the Buddha said to direct the mind to an inspiring theme. Pasadaniya Nimitta, or if you want to take off the inflection there, eh? it's Pasadaniya Nimitta. That is inspiring theme, meaning something that inspires the mind. How can you do that? Just now, that exercise that I was suggesting that you do, that is a way. Very simple. Anything, any thought, any basis that you can use to uplift the mind. If for you is thinking about the Buddha, that's fine, which is the recommendation in the commentaries. But if that doesn't work for you, there's no restriction from using something else. Like say, if you're unhappy, and you like your mother very much, when you think of your mother, you're happy. That is also a sign that you can use. When the mind is unhappy, it's uplifted, it can calm down, it can be more peaceful. And when that happens, then the Buddha says you can withdraw the mind from thinking about it, and still, you're still feeling happy. So, this idea of looking at the bright side applies in meditation. Sometimes the mind is really, really not working. Even if you try to bring up the right attitude and everything, sometimes it just can't, it just doesn't have the ability. So by directing the mind to an inspiring theme, it's much easier for the mind to be happy and calm down. You see, the Buddha is not very fixated about how things, how meditation is supposed to go. If it works, it works. Yeah. Even when I was in Penang, somebody was asking me. So he was trying to keep his mindfulness at work. 
and he finds that it's very difficult for him. He loses it very often. He said what he did was he tries to count. One way that he did was to count how often he loses awareness, which of course if you turn it around, it's also how often that he got it back. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to count, right? <laughs> so, I suppose better to look at how many times you got it back rather than how many times you lose it. And he said it helps him. It helps him to be more aware. It helps him to keep it up better than if he doesn't. And he asked me, so uh, can I do that? I said, well, it works for you. It works for you. <laughs> what can I say? But the reason why it works for him is that because he was interested. When you think about how many times you lose it or you got it back, the awareness, you're already interested in awareness, right? There's more interest in it. And therefore, naturally, there'll be more of it. Very simple. So I'd like to encourage you, when you are particularly unhappy, to look at the bright side in the right way. Not in a way to block yourself, to pretend that the negative side, the dark side, is not there, not in that way, but to look at it in a way so that the mind can be more balanced. And this can include that situation itself, what is positive about the situation, or you could look at a bigger one, looking at a bigger perspective of being your whole life, what's good for you, what's good for you. Like say, over here is warm, but the body is still regulating the warmth. It's able to sweat. If you're unable to sweat, you're in big trouble, you know that? So it's a good thing that you can sweat. So that's all I have to say. It's not a very long talk that I need to give here. But look at the bright side. It's not something complicated. Something very, very simple. All you have to do is just do it. Okay, that's all I have to say. And I'll open the floor. Any questions? If you don't have, it's okay. We just sit here. And contemplate on what you have just heard. In all the times that I've uh, guided people to look at the bright side, look at what's good for them, it has always been positive. It hasn't been negative before. Yes, has always been a happy ending for them. At least for a while. <laughs> and the only thing that caused them to fall back again is when they start to look at the negative things again and zoom into it, focus on it. Like for example, the girl that I mentioned that where she spoke about I'm alive. She was okay for a few months. It was okay. And I received a mail from her friend saying that she fell back in there again after she failed one paper. And boom, she went down again. So I wasn't there, so I just told her friends a few things. Hopefully that helped. So it's not something that uh, you can just do once and be off with it. Especially when your mind is very depressed. You have to keep it up. Yes, we come your meditation. And it can be difficult in the beginning when the mind is so negative. But if you see the benefit of it, you try it. You do it again and again and again.
So if anyone has any questions, we'll be happy to hear them. I mean, based on the case of the girls that you just mentioned, right? so the first time maybe the tactics that you mentioned uh, what is good now, it works. So the second time, if, even if you are there, if you use the same tactics, will it be effective? I think so. Because it's actually very, very simple. At that time, the mind focuses on the negative very, very strongly. Even when you direct the mind out and that person doesn't feel joyful yet, it already does a good job by directing the mind out of it. Because when you stick with the negative, it can only go go down further and further. When you make an effort to direct the mind elsewhere, it already helps the mind to recover to some extent, even if it doesn't work very well. So this effort is not useless. It's not about bluffing yourself. If you use a way where it's all like bluffing yourself, then it wouldn't work. I'm saying that just the first time, people might think positive. But second time with the same question, what is good now? You will say, there's nothing good now. Oh, it's like that. It may be even more negative. Yeah. Well, of course, when you do this, it still depends on the willingness of the person. There's no 100% way. There's no way I can think of that would work for sure. But if the person wants to, then it can work. In fact, for that goal, I didn't start off with that immediately. I asked another question first. So, do you want to get out of this? I asked that question first. And she thought about it and said, yes, I want to move on. So with that, there is the desire to be free. In Bali, you have the word chanda. That desire is really important. When the mind has decided, yes, I want to get out of this, then it can work. If there's no desire to get out or lacking in it, then it wouldn't work because the mind doesn't want to. So that desire to be free has to be there first. So you can ask the question first, do you want to be free? It's quite likely people will say yes, quite likely. Can I check with you, since any things that is negative, I guess it's due to sensitive factories or suffering, right? So would it be better to contemplate the root cause or the nature of law to get rid of the root cause rather than... Yes, I agree with you. But for a very negative mind, they can't do that yet. Because when you want to look at the root cause, you really have to look deep down inside and involves a lot of emotion. So for a person who is very, very negative, it will be more helpful to help them to look at what's good first. And when the mind is uplifted, then guide them to look at what they're not happy about. Because at the time the mind is more ready to do it, being more balanced, it's quite difficult for a person who has been depressed, especially if you're talking about major depression. It's extremely hard for them. They have been trying so hard to get out from it, and they don't know how to. They've been struggling, they've been using a lot of wrong ways, they're struggling and struggling. So tell them to, okay, we need to understand this. Tough. They rather just avoid it. So it has to do, it has to be done gradually in a way that that's not so harsh on them. So they think of something that's good for them. 
the mind becomes more balanced, get more willing. Just because actually it's easier for them at that time. And of course, as mentioned before, the desire to be free has to be there. Some people, they just are not ready yet. No matter how much you help them, they're just not ready to be free. They still rather hold on to things that makes them suffer. Although it's suffering, they still rather continue to do it. Like hold on to certain grudges. They feel completely justified. And they don't want to be free from these ideas they hold against others. It's like, if I don't hold on to these ideas anymore, then I don't get to blame you anymore. Then life will be bad. I'd rather have a chance to blame you, criticize you, blame you, make you responsible for everything bad that has happened to me. And the mind wants to hold on to that. So when it's in this situation, it's, it's nothing you can do. There's no way they can help that person. So the desire to be free is the key, actually. If that is possible, then that is the possibility for the person to find his way. Maybe this way doesn't work, then try another way. And over here, this person that can help me not look for another person. They keep trying because they really, really want to be free.
the dislike for the pain, which is not the pain itself, the resistance to the pain. You can start off from a thought, a view about what the pain is. This pain is what? This pain is ruining my life or whatever. So you can guide them to look at this idea and question it. Is it true? This pain is ruining your life. Is it true? Or this cancer is ruining my life. Is it true? Yeah. Can you be sure that it is this that's ruining your life? People would say yes. And still you can ask, what happens when you hold on to this idea? There is this pain there and there is this idea. These are two separate things. And what happens when you hold on to this idea that this pain or this cancer is ruining my life? Then they can give an example of how it has made them worse, made them suffer more, made them really, really upset, maybe even snap at others. How, as they hold on to this idea, how they live their whole life. So, as they see more and more of that, they realize the disadvantages of holding on to that idea, which is not the pain itself. So you're educating the mind to see that the life is not being ruined by the pain or the cancer, it's ruined by this idea. Then you can encourage them a step further to ask them, so do you see any worth in holding on to this idea, which is just an idea, it's not the pain itself or the cancer itself is an idea. You have to remind themselves this because people tend to lump it all together. Do you see any peaceful reason, any worth in holding on to this idea? Any good in holding on to this idea? It's not hard to see that there's none. Yeah? Would you rather drop it? And not asking them to drop it, but would you rather? And what if you do? What if just what if, and it's actually sort of bluffing yourself a bit now, nah? sort of to maneuver around, because the mind just wants to hold on. What if, just imagine, what if you don't have this idea while having the pain? What if you don't have this idea that your life has been ruined by this disease? It's not to say that actually life would be a, a whole lot more peaceful. Either way, the cancer is there. With this idea or without it. Either way, the illness is there. So through this way, the mind gets to see that it is actually the idea that's causing more pain than the pain itself. And you can go on further by asking the person to flip the thought around. This cancer is ruining my life. Take away the cancer and replace it with I. I'm ruining my life, or rather, my thoughts are ruining my life. My thoughts about the cancer. Because when you keep thinking about it, you get more and more depressed. It's not the pain that is making you depressed, but the thoughts about the pain, about the illness. So when the mind sees it that way, okay, so it's actually not the cancer that's ruining my life. It's his thoughts. And it's a great relief to know that. It's a huge relief. Okay? Then when that happens, you can even 
if the person is willing, can even look at the bright side of having cancer. Really? Usually when people get cancer and then lots of your relatives will come and see you. Relatives who don't see, <laughs> don't haven't seen for a long time, they would travel from far away, they come and see you. It's like when I was in Penang, there was this old lady who was having cancer. The son invited me to go to the house to have dana. That's why I spoke to her. And she had uh, lots of relatives around who came from Glantan. So you can actually, it's not too difficult to look at the bright side. But if you take it very negatively, you can't see it. And for her, she was thinking like, well, I've been a burden to other people, and I have made people take care of me. But I'll ask the people around, it's your choice, right? You want to come here, right? You say, yeah, yeah, we want to be here, we want to help her. <laughs> so when your mind is very negative, you just think, you know, very negatively. But here people are happily willing to help her and she's going negative. So it's having her to direct her mind to see what other things that she didn't notice, very good things that she didn't notice. In fact, she was wanting to go for a runaround of chemo, which at her age, I think she's what, 80 plus? It's just not a good idea. And in fact, for her, she says, I won't go and fight. But actually behind of that thought, she wanted to die. She wanted to use the chemo to kill herself. She knew that it's going to be very bad for her, and so she wanted to go again to just end it. This was actually hinted to me by her son earlier on. So I asked her, so you want to use this way to die, right? And she admitted it. And then she thought I could read her mind. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. It's only what her son told me earlier because she had said things like, you know, how to just get it done with, get it over with. So after the conversation with her, she decided, okay, I want to live on. The mind has changed. And she was very much more positive. She told me that, ah, she feel now, kao jing I don't know how to translate it in English. I was saying, energized because the mind is uplifted. When the mind is happy, you feel more energized. And when I, uh, I think those people think about what's positive, look at the bright side, for them, you can see the face change. All the time you can see the face change. Our face is like this, it, it just brightens up. So, no harm trying. Any more questions? So if that's done, I think that's all for today. Just before we share marriage, I'd like to just give you some encouragement. No matter how life is, no matter how bad you think it is, there's always bright side. It's always there. You just have to be willing to look at them, prompt yourself, ask yourself, what's good now?